Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight is a very special occasion. It is our 600th show here in Fairfax as Telepathic TV. We've done many other ones and done close to 300 in Arlington as well. But this is an anniversary birthday show for us. So we're Absolutely. going to do a little recap and talk about things that we have talked about over the years, even when it wasn't cool to talk about these things. Well, still something that's not all as cool as it could be because of the amount of truth in it and because it's still... And it's warm in here. ...repressed for that very reason is the Mayan calendar. The Mayan calendar is far closer to truth about time than anything that is depicted as the Gregorian calendar. If you're one of those people in school that could not do 29 days as... 31 days, has, I can't even remember the rhyme scheme that was forced upon me as a small child. And you were supposed to get your knuckles involved in it. And the reason you couldn't do it either is none of that's real. It's totally arbitrary. The Mayan calendar is a very real concept. And today in Mayan, and we follow the dream spell, um, today in Mayan it's is... It's six ak, and we've done many years of research using this. And so it's about the energies of the day. Mm -hmm. rather than where the calendar is anchored to in the Gregorian. But Ak is the tribe of the, it, in uh, Mayan, the um, dog is the faithful servant that ushers you over the bridge into the afterlife. And it is a sign of great loyalty, and Ox make good friends. And today, mm -hmm. being tone six, it's a, uh, a day of balance, and Ak is a tone of balance. So it's a good mm -hmm. day to balance out a lot of things. And it's a six. And it's our 600th show. Look at all these beautiful synchronicities. Mm -hmm. And Anubis is the Greek version of the dog that ushers you to the other Egyptian side. Egyptian or Greek? Uh, I meant to say Egyptian, pardon me, Anubis. But um, this concept, so the, there are various attributes associated with the tone and tribe, and they're turned into a mnemonic, which is written out, which is I organized in order to love, which is a very interesting concept all the way around organizing in order to love, balancing loyalty. And so today's show is very much about balancing loyalty. And we're always uh, very loyal to our viewers. The whole point is the viewer, from our point of view, well, is getting the next piece of information out so that people can I agree. Uh, assimilate it. I agree. And speaking of our viewers, we have this beautiful turnout tonight. And mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. I, I sent out word that this was our 600th show. And thank you. I love you guys. Because we really do this for people. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'd talk a little bit about what was our motivator to even do telepathic TV in the form that it's in now. For a number of shows, we did a lot of uh, like guests, had guests on to talk about iridology or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then found that a lot of people were starting their shows, doing interviews with local practitioners and things. And that we saw a, a very, um, I'm not going to use the word need, but let's just say a deficit in people talking and teaching about consciousness uh, and how to apply it day to day. There are a million inspirational shows that you can listen to, like The Secrets, like, oh, your thoughts create, and that's wonderful, and it gives us this hypercharge, like a jetpack, to get us to go a little ways, but it's not for the long haul. And as soon as something in life comes that knocks us over, we're back into our um, losing our religion mindset. One of the things that we have done throughout all these years is to tell people 
to become aware of how fear is running their life and offer ways for, to ban banish it, which I think is the greatest gift we can give. And um, it's about being able to maintain it and, and hearing these concepts applied to actual life situations. Mm -hmm. And I know we have, we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, I'm James Buck. I wanted to wish you all. I have the 600 Oh, thank you. And I wanted to tell Neville that his book, The Hidden Language Code, is amazing. Oh, thank, well, thank you. Thank you very much. That's very kind. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's very kind of you to call in to say that. That was lovely. The thank language you. Language codes is a lot of what we're talking about in the maintaining higher consciousness cannot be done while thinking in lower frequency words. Mm, you know, that's true. Uh, the word need separates you from it. The word try puts it in a trash can. The word should is flat out guilt manipulation. And the word if takes your decision away from you, if you know what I mean. And yeah, it goes on and on to become aware of the language. Uh, somehow the next book is starting to turn its wheels. And uh, the first cog turned on the idea of a meta language. Uh, meta language means incorporating all languages. So if we're talking about the interface between reality and our being, and let's say mind, but our being is what I am intending to talk about. So the interface is the meta-language. And if it's polluted by these low-frequency words, you cannot get any real grip on creating your reality because there will be something standing between you and the creation of it. Well, something interesting, I, I really love um, just biology and the origins of uh, our evolution and things. And I've recently been reading about that they've discovered that our higher language that we speak now, which really sets us apart from other species, began in, um, what is that called? The cradle of uh, civilization, where it's in East Africa, that we learned how to have higher language before all the different languages evolved. Yeah. Otherwise, some of them would have evolved in a lesser form, a less mm -hmm. complex form. So our concept of language and having it be a conscious language evolved before the words were invented. Mm. And so it really gives um, credence to what you're saying, that we have the consciousness there, and it was over time and making it complex into 3D reality that it started becoming not on our side as much. Yeah, and I just became fluent in raccoon. <laughs> which is like a lot of gurgling sound. More peanuts, more yeah. peanuts. Yeah, it took me a while to master that. Yeah. yeah but, uh, if you ever watched a raccoon eat, his top his nose. nose hinges up, which I thought was cute. Well, I've printed out this list of some of the topics we've had over the years. And I mm -hmm. thought I would just mention a few, and then maybe that could begin some conversation if anybody has questions on any of these topics. Um, but 600 shows are a lot of shows. That's 600 hours. How many... That's How many days would that be? What's 24 divided, 600 divided by 24? Three. Uh, somebody call in. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have to think. 300 and something. I don't know. Wait. Three. So it's about. 30 something days. Something like that, right? Four 30 something to 100. Days? So um, 24 days, roughly. Okay. Give or take. Well, I mean, that's a lot of. Could you imagine watching telepathic TV around the clock? <laughs> You'll be walking away doing this and wearing water shoes and who knows what else. And speaking a, a advanced language. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, we've done shows raccoon, over yes. the years. And, and when we first started doing this show together, I remember the very first time we, because uh, I came on your show and uh, I, often I did readings and we would do other things like that. And one time we decided to do a three-part episode on banishing fear where we talked about how destructive fear is. And it was in the year 2000, and not a lot of people were really open to these kinds of things. And as a matter of fact, back then, most of our, I'm not going to say most, I would say maybe 25% of our callers were usually people that were either very skeptical or they wanted to ha spend their 15 minutes of fame by saying a cuss word on the air or something like that, or they, they thought were we were weird. Yeah. And over time, uh, we even had one young girl say that they used to get together and make fun of us on Thursday nights mm -hmm. and drink beer, and, you know, teenagers. We were and a then, drinking game. Yeah. And um, then, th then she said, but after we did that for a while, I started listening to what you had to say. Yeah. And then we started getting together for a very different reason. We've had a lot of people say that they caught uh, two seconds of our show channel surfing mm -hmm. and just had to find it again because whatever the two seconds were, it changed them significantly. Well, w yeah, we've had people over That's the years important. report getting off antidepressants just because they were empowered to think differently. Mm -hmm. And then the Washington Post, one of the uh, crime reporters was uh, skimming or surfing through the channels and caught us and mm -hmm. he said he stopped for about two minutes and he goes, some guy with long hair was talking about how he marched into Christ's office and told him a thing or two or something like that. And the girl said, you tell your food what to do. And he no, said, well, true. this is kind of interesting. And yeah. so he started watching and he talked his uh, boss into doing an article on us. But you have to understand how funny it is. This is the Washington Post in 2000. Some editor said, yeah, go to the middle of nowhere, which is what you call Virginia if you live in DC and interview two lunatics that run a show called Telepathic TV. <laughs> and we thought we were set up, but it was a very nice article, and we got thousands of hits on our website because of it. Um, you can see our show on Telepathic TV. You may be watching it there right dot now. Dot com. Dot com, yeah, telepathictv.com. But uh, there, Mary has archived more than 100 shows there. Well, so. also, our show being online was one of the very first shows in most of the country to ever air online. Yeah. And we were one of the very first podcasts set up, too. And also, we were one of possibly the first, the very first iteration of a show was called The Psychic Show. It was before Miss Cleo gave it the word psychic a bad name, so it didn't have one to begin with. And um, so that, that might have been, it was certainly in the first few ever broadcast. Absolutely. A uh, show based on beyond physics. I did have a. Um, a person called me one time and say the amount of episodes we've done, we've done the most metaphysical programming in the country. Yeah, more than likely. But some, some of the topics like, um, that we've talked about, like sustaining the higher you, how many times have you gotten inspired by a book or a group of people or a meeting or a class a or something or a movie and you come home and everything's good and then your boss didn't really change and so it's like you just get back in here. So we talk about ways to keep yourself up that way. Just different ways to look at it, different ways to think about it. And we've done shows on attention and getting your attention uh, under your control, under your mastery again. That's the thing, isn't it? The, mm -hmm. most, power, the most valuable thing there is, is your human attention. attention. Absolutely. Human attention. A lawyer will think that's worth 750 bucks an hour. 
moms, give it away. <laughs> you know, attention is the most valuable thing there is. And where you place it is the only way to increase its value. So if you don't pay attention to people that are, what is the word for that, being, pardon the expression, I'm not even going to say, uh, needy, not being needy, you know, so fine, good for you, and what will you be doing about that? You know, like the Bugs Bunny thing where there's the little spiral of smoke as you Tasmanian devil or yeah, the roadrunner? Yeah, just gone like that, gee, you know, then the person will have to actually begin to solve their own life. Mm -hmm. rather than enabling. We've done shows defining so many words that are dysfunctional when you use them. They create your life as dysfunctional. There's yeah, we've talked about those aha moments. Because there uh -huh. are times when you, when you uh, hear something or you live it or you experience it where it really wakes you up. It's like one word can wake you up. I know you were mm -hmm. talking about you heard thought creates and where you place your attention grows. It took me a year it took to you be a able year. to say that. I was that way back in the 70s when I mm -hmm. read the Seth books and, and Seth mentioned your beliefs create your reality. And it was like, oh my God, I recognize that as a truth. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of, do you guys remember Get Smart? Mm -hmm. How he'd be walking and all those doors open up. Mm -hmm. It was like all of a sudden, when, when you hear something that really resonates, like blink, 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 and you're, and you're just going through all those opens. doors, yeah. and it just triggers more and more doors. Mm. And then we talk a lot about self-worth on this show. And I remember one time somebody was saying something negative about themselves, and I don't remember what it was, and Neville said, don't you be... Um, I more than likely said, self don't be beating yourself up in yeah, front of me. Yeah, but some word, don't be self flagellating or something like that anyway in, in my presence and we say that all the time to people yeah. because the world loves to beat each other up that's our only this artificial power boring. stick that we have is to make people feel guilty about being yeah. who they are yeah it's not only boring and it's but not who they are this makes is the whole sick. point every one of us and we've said this forever on the program every one of us is an infinite spirit infinite spirit it doesn't matter if it works out in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. This wasn't the lifetime where it was going to work out. And I have to say, so what, in all caps. How's that for phoning it in? He's texting the program. Yeah, OK, so this is That's it. True. Yeah, and just get over it. Just get, get over, over everything. Just do it. Yeah. And um, we've also talked about it's all their fault and how uh, often we as humans go through a, a phase where we blame everything on other people. And then we have to face the fact one day, if I want my power, then I've got to take all that blame back. And that, no, we do not. It just looks that way. We get rid of the blame and then take our power back. I heard the and other day from a fairly credible uh, source saying that you cannot control other people's behavior. Now, up until then, it was a fairly credible source. Now I don't believe it at all. Because the other person is behaving because of the way you behave. And so, of course, you have complete and total control over, pardon me, command over other people because they are going to unconsciously, more than likely, what are the odds? What do you think? Hmm? How many of us respond unconsciously well, to I our think, stimulus? So, of course, you're in charge. Well, I think we create or command or control yeah. our interface with other people. Yes. And that, in turn, does influence their interface with us. And, yes. And then we do do that. Uh, Okay, and something else that we talked about, like the afterlife and parallel lives. And, and between that, lives. Yeah. yeah. And I know that that's something that a lot of people, it's like, wow, 
afterlife, the afterlife and parallel lives. Like, uh, and we introduced the idea that time is simultaneous way back a long time ago and that the way I see it is that each moment is stacked upon each other in mm -hmm. different envelopes. And that once we gain mastery over our attention, our perception attention, which is what I teach in the psychic development and go through all kinds of iterations on that, you can move through these different envelopes and either time travel or perceive what will happen if things stay on their same trajectory mm -hmm. and introduced a lot of things like that. We've also talked about psychic development. A long time ago, I think it was maybe in 2001 or 2000, we had a hypnotherapist come on the show and I had a, a, some volunteers and we were doing psychic development exercises like those card things where you do uh, you know, the star and all that. And then we did a hypnosis with the people and got them to relax and be more open to being psychic and then perform the test again. Everybody was a little too nervous because we're on live TV. Go figure. Why would that make you nervous? They didn't, they didn't really go into the hypnosis. You're always but it was alive. I want to go on dead TV. <laughs> You talking about NBC, ABC, CBS? CNN. <laughs> CNN will kill you real quick, let me yeah. tell you. Consensus Just turn on the news, so that'll kill you. It's the consensus network news. Well, right after 9-11, one of the things we told people to do was to turn off their TVs when it was getting crazy, yeah. where it's like and threat levels been increased. I mean, after a while, a comedian finally came on and says, well, you can only get so scared. And then what are you going to do? Then you're not going to be scared because you have like reached just, the outer envelope. Then you just laugh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Of course, you have to have your stomach lining replaced. Speaking of, one of our topics was mass hysteria, where we talked about how that can just echo and ripple like, like a wave through people. Look at well, it when someone says, we have a rice shortage. Well, yeah, maybe there are parts of the, the world where there was a rice shortage, but I think we in Northern Virginia really didn't have to worry about that. But once that ripple went out, everybody created a rice shortage because we got scared. Mm -hmm. And we have our next call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, my, name is, my name is Carol. Hey, Carol. What Hi. can we do for you? Hi. I've called you before. Uh, I enjoy watching your show. And I know this sounds like a self-serving question, but... No such thing. Could you give me some enlightenment on uh, the fact that this has happened to me a lot and other people sort of laugh about it, but if I'm in a Home Depot or I'm in a department store, uh, there might be 10 people or 15 people in the store. People come up to me and ask me, what do you think I should, what dress do you think I should buy? Or what color of paint would you paint your bedroom? Or, okay, we can do that uh, one. I, I was at the They're afraid of your judgment is what it is. I was at the post office the other day, and a man standing next to me said, uh, "I have heartburn. What do you think the What do you think I should do about it?" So, okay, my, let husband, me... my husband used to say, "They ask you because they know you'll chit chat with them." What? It, what? Why? Okay, you're a very advanced being. You don't know that. I'm sorry. You are a very advanced being, and you don't know that. This is the planet amnesia. <laughs> I forget why, but no <laughs> this is the planet amnesia, and people recognize you through your auric field. Is that a doll pun? No. Pardon me. Oh. 
Well, okay, and that's that's what's going on there. People recognize you. What's all right? No, uh, well, one thing that I would like to say, I wanted to ask Carol before she hung up, yeah. was, um, do you trust your opinion? Because everything in our life being a mirror, these people may be coming to you to say you have a great opinion, you know things very w easily along the same lines of what Neville's talking about, yeah, but yeah. more specifically, um, do you trust your opinion? And then. Once you get it, then people won't have to do that to get you to see that anymore. Or you can just, like I do, you just walk up to total strangers and just say what's on, what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> you know, watch out for that Ford truck. Okay. You know, <laughs> just wander on away. Are you still there, Carol? Because no, we're think, still here. I think that, that we okay. did hear a Dalton. It might have been it got cut off. Oh, that's okay. Well. Yeah. But that, that is um, another topic of a show we've done in the past. It's how to see things in life as being a mirror for you. Mm -hmm. What people tend to do, especially since a lot of the law of attraction stuff has gotten commercially available to a lot of people, everybody thinks, oh, I create my reality. This is wonderful. Now everything's going wrong with my life. I must be, why would I want this for myself? And then we think, oh, I've got to blame me instead of blaming our boss. Yeah. We have to get out of the idea of blame and the idea of good and bad. And we've done well, many shows on going out, getting out of the land of right and wrong mm -hmm. and good and bad. I believe the word arcane is defined by having to have information before you can receive the next piece of information. Mm -hmm. And dumping something like that into the media with that many people at the level that they're at, uh, this was over a lot of people's heads. And so they yeah. do what we do, we human beings do, we either pretend that we're that advanced till it blows up so directly in our face that we have to go to a plastic surgeon to have the features realigned, or, or we just withdraw from it. And so, arcane, you, you, you know, we, what we do on this show, though, is we put together the most advanced information for people. We have a very loyal audience that's been with us for a long time and new people all the time. So the next piece of information I would would add is that sit down one day and decide that absolutely everything you know is opposite of what really is. Now, I don't mean 181 degrees, and I don't mean 179 degrees. I mean exactly opposite. So whatever it is that I believe about me isn't. I have to start there. Whatever I believe about me isn't, and just go through your entire world well, until you have a completely different view of everything, and then you can start. But I, almost nobody's going to do that, but well, still. When I started on this journey, I've been on it since I was a little kid. I was born remembering my past lives. I had the umbilical mm. cord wrapped around my neck, and so when I was born, I was blue. And that's not the way you become a blue blood, let me tell you. <laughs> but they thought I was uh, br had brain damage for the first couple years of my life, but I remembered my past lives. And as I was going through my teens and 20s, there wasn't anybody that I could talk to about these kinds of things. When I found the Seth books in the 70s, it was just like somebody finally, I was a thirsty sponge, and I just absorbed it all. And I brought that up for a reason. You said something. Um, uh, oh, about opposite. deconstructing. At yeah. that time, I didn't have anybody. I was going through a depression. And I more or less did when I, I realized that everything that was floating in my head was a belief. I set out on the mission to deconstruct until I found my essence 
apart from belief systems. And this mm -hmm. took me several years oh, easy. of in-depth work. Yeah. And I really did. I got down to that core that mm -hmm. didn't have opinions about everything, but it was just to the place of knowing. Mm -hmm. And I really feel I went into my spirituality like a machine language when it was just this binary I.O. Mm -hmm. and, and then I started realizing that I wanted to have the fun of going around and getting the window dressings. Um, Is but the, but the truth, Saturn? Um, no, I think Jupiter. that's Jupiter. But, Jupiter. but one thing I wanted to say too, where you were talking about the stuff that we deliver to people at, over all these years, is the truth really is simple. It's a simple thing. God makes things simple. Man makes things complicated. And I find that the vast majority or the masses of people tend to like to go to that complexity and go to these classes that might be $5,000 to hear yeah. a truth really elongated and, and put all these window dressings in. For years I didn't understand it because people don't always have the ears to hear it when it's delivered in a straightforward way. So well, it works out. We've always been good about making things affordable for people. We have done... Um, well, well, it's true. It's got to be possible to not have to mortgage the cat, you know, in order to... Uh, <laughs> you know, have enough money to pay for this, but we're going to be doing a, um, well, we can talk about that. Full uh, weekend on crystals, yeah, well, for example, I, coming I'm up. I'm not sure what the date really Yeah, is well, we it. haven't said it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. That will be more information than most well, people can digest. True. Some people can digest. What do you think of releasing the critical mind? That was another Yeah, that was another very that. important thing, yeah. And that goes with that. Uh, just back for one second to the 180 degrees of uh, misbelief we're indoctrinated with here. Uh, many, many years ago, I got, we got the idea to write, um, it is safe for me to remember who I really am, which I've been writing for many, many years, periodically, these days periodically. And I watched it morph, but that's beside the point. Who it is we are is not a hopeless slave. And I rarely use the word hope, and hopeless is actually more of a decision than hope, because <laughs> hope is no decision whatsoever. Hopeless, at least you've made a decision. That's We're true. giving up on it. <laughs> so that less, less of a language code. So who it is we really are is an infinite spirit. And could we please just relax and act like that? Mm. Yeah? Okay. Or not relax and don't act like that and pretend it all matters and pretend it's... <laughs> And pretend they're coming to get you, and that's been that's been a favorite theme, eh? Yeah, okay. From we don't know <laughs> when or who, but they're coming. You know, I spent years thinking, black ops ninjas were going to show up in the house in the middle of the night because we would say things like, um, "Well, there's a town in Italy where they all got together, and decided not to pay taxes, and why wouldn't we do that?" And it's because everybody is concerned with their own posterior instead of any kind of a big picture, which is a good slave is concerned with their posterior and nothing to do with a big picture. Well, yeah. I yeah, I think that, and we have a call, but I, I think it's really the balance point between two extremes that we're really looking for, but we have a call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Joshua Bloom. Hi, Mary. Joshua. Joshua. Hey. Hey, so good to hear from you. Yeah, it's what can we do for you? see you. You are doing so amazing. I love the things that you're doing. Ah, well, Joshua is the guy that did the movie The Ultimate Answer, which I am in. 
by the way. And there's a link to this video on our website and the store page. So, hey, what can we do for you? It's so good to hear your voice. Well, I loved your conversation really about um, getting to that critical mind, getting the critical mind to sort of calm down. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has really worked for me is putting your attention at the base of your spine. And that really has got me out of my head particularly because I was very, if you remember me from a long time ago when I first met you, I was very analytical, extremely. Mm -hmm. And now when I just allow myself to be inside rather than outside, mm -hmm. then I have the ability to really connect. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. It's, it's a matter of whatever we have to do to loosen that tie. And I think one of the things that makes it so people cannot let go of the critical mind is we are tricked into thinking the critical mind is protecting us and keeping us safe. When in actuality, it distracts us from being present in the moment so that we can see the lion getting ready to leap on us. And so you're right, being in the body, and Joshua, we've talked about this before, and I know, I know the kind of work you do. It's uh, very similar to what we do in your own way. It's about what, what one has to do energetically to let go of that hand that's holding onto these things we think we do not wish to have, like grim death. And that's a very good technique, so thank you. Absolutely, and the one yeah. thing that also goes right with that is to is to be is, is to have, actually have a place to stand. When we can get out of our head and know where we stand, it makes us more confident, and it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, I thanks. for one have been out of my head for years. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks, Joshua. Mm -hmm. It was great to hear from you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah excellent. Yeah. So, uh, there are so many aspects to. The, what this program does, mm -hmm. and it's um, diabolically free, I would use that word, and also you can, uh, if you're in the mood, watch a good hundred hours of it right there on your computer, and Probably every 200. show has, closer to 200, every show has some piece of advanced information. Now we were saying pre-production that the way this show works is, and the reason you can tune in again and again and again, is that whatever revelation or advance or piece of clean new thinking has occurred during the, the week in between mm -hmm. shows, we mention right away. So um, the one that occurred to me was the word curiosity, which I was very curious mm -hmm. about up until um, someone asked, how would you define the word soul? And uh, just watched it come right through me. I would describe the soul as our curiosity. And I finally found yet another, the second synonym for love that I found, the first one was risk, which is not a real word, no more than the word safe. Risk is a synonym for love. And now I have to say that curiosity is a synonym for love, which of course brings back that childhood uh, rhyme, uh, curiosity killed the cat. And so that's what happens. We become curious about something. As we grow older and more fearful, if we grow more fearful as we grow older, our curiosity diminishes. And then finally you die. So curiosity did kill the cat. And then the second part of the mnemonic, which was the uh, second part of the run, satisfaction brings, brings them back. back. And that's why you reincarnate. Because between lifetimes, you know, you get out of there, oh, God, I got out of there. Oh, what was I? Oh, man, that was really hot. Put, put, coach, put me back in there again, would you? 
I want to get back in the game. I'm tired of the bench. You've been here five seconds. You don't have time here. You're right. We'll, we'll set you up. Hang on. Go play with your friends till, we, till you decide on your next contract. And that's well, the way it works. Actually, it, it really does. Well, yeah. one thing about curiosity, I realize that fear stops your curiosity. I was afraid That's of why that. we get so, when we're teenagers, we'll just go do anything because we think we're, we're, we're no longer, or we're not fearful. But no, once we, we have, have no things happen, we start getting more fearful. We become less curious. But I had a dream one time that I was in this little red sports car that was driving over this edge of a mountain, and it was kind of slanted off the mountain. And so I went in it, and the car fell off this cliff. And I died, and I went back up, and there was a spirit there. And I said, I, I'm going to go back because I think if I go a little bit faster, I'll stay on the road. And so I went another life. I got on the road. I went a little bit faster, and then I shot off on the other edge. So then I went, I in, went up to this spirit, and I said, I think I got it now. Let me do it one more time. And I was able to get around the curve. And so it's not it's as far-fetched as it sounds. If it's not inertia, it's gravity. Well, if you, if you get in touch with multiple lifetimes, it mm -hmm. starts becoming a larger construct. It's a fractal or a larger sentence. So it does there's, make sense there's to a, look at the patterns. My ambition lately has been to merge with my higher self, which is... I am my higher self. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And your higher self is aware of the, let's call it, 100,000 lives you have lived mm. simultaneously. And most of us cannot come up with being aware of one life, the one you're in now. That was my point, too. Yeah, yeah. We have another so, call. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello, Neville. Hello, Mary. Mary. Hey. Uh, Hi. I, I want to wish you a happy new year and Thank you. A, prosperous, uh, a prosperous show for the following year. Thank you, thank you so much. That's very pleasant wish. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it greatly. What can we do for you? Oh, I think it was just that well, beautiful wish. Well, thank you wish. for that. that hey, was, lovely. We accept a prosperous... You see, the universe does yes. give you gifts without asking for anything in mm -hmm. return. So that was lovely. I love that. I had a I mean, not that it's bad show. to ask It was really things. hot, though. One time we talked about the concept of the undermind. Oh, yeah. And, you know, undermining you. Well, we have an unconscious, subconscious mind that is filled with our programming, just like an autopilot has programmed uh, faculty there. Oh, we have another call. So does your mind. Yes, have another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. Hi, Mary. It's Donna. Happy 100th anniversary. Hey. Thank Yay. you. Yay. All Good right. to hear from you. I mm -hmm. am so grateful for the both of you. I'll tell you, Mary, you brought up the 70s, and we were definitely born before our time, some of us. And yeah. <laughs> it's, just been, it's been wonderful to have both of you as my friends for a while. And Thank you. I appreciate everything you do, and you reach so many people. Thank you, Donna. That's you very do. Funny. And I um, just wanted to call in to say happy 600th anniversary. I know that... Whoa. You'll thank be you. growing and growing, and why? Thank you. You'll have many, many more, and and I'm with you most nights when you're on TV every week. So, oh well, thank you. It's good to mm -hmm. know you're there. I'm here. Yeah. It's and good to hear your voice again, too. Me too. You all take care. You too. Yeah. Thank you. And Thanks for calling in. That's that's massively appreciated. We'd mm -hmm. love to hear from mm -hmm. you. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very well done. So well, does anybody here in the audience have a particular topic that we've talked about that you feel? Um, benefited you or any of the concepts? Changed or was way too much for you. Was there ever a show you fell palms. asleep at? <laughs> the, the palms? 
the poems are circuit diagram. They are a, um, I explain this to people a lot of times, and finally someone in, I, I said next week there'll be a quiz because I see him once a week, and I said, you know, tell me what, what, what is the poem? And he goes, it's a soul circuit diagram, a soul circuit board, soul circuit board was mm -hmm. the term he used, which I thought was very interesting. I like that. But it is a glyph, and it is a glyph that is your incarnational contract right there. There it is. And you can change it, and your poem will actually change, because you can change your mind, and you can change your destiny, and you can change your clothes, and you can change anything you want to change, but you actually have to do it. Since most people don't do much in the way of change, it doesn't look like so there's a very commonly held belief well, that it doesn't change. Well, there is a lot change. to the poems because I've yeah. been studying them for years myself and mm -hmm. seen all kinds of different things. I did an in-depth study of all my family members and saw how um, cert one side you get from your mother, one from your father, and it really proved a lot of things. But mm -hmm. um, years ago when I was doing a lot of automatic writing, I wrote some stuff on palmistry. Do yeah, you remember that? I do. Which was I really interesting. Like so. Again. Mm -hmm. um, I'll pull that out for you to um, share in your next to. class because some of that was um, really quite amazing. I didn't mm -hmm. really have a recollection of writing all that mm -hmm. at that time. But something else we've talked about is finding spirituality in the workplace. So yes. many times we think that we find our spirituality, and this is evidenced with monks and nuns and, um, I don't know, people in caves and Tibet and everything, that we think that we have to pack up our everyday life and move to some spiritual seclusion in order to really connect with the divine. And that one thing that we are doing right now in this present time frame, in the, in the larger timeline, is learning how to integrate the two. And so we are presented with some really interesting emotional, emotionally charged things in the workplace. And that is part of your training, that everything you do, every step you take is on your spiritual path and look at everything as if it's just as sacred of a teacher as anything else. Mm -hmm. Because now if everybody goes and lives in a cave, that would be good. But I well, think most word, people get um, bored because that's not all we're here to do. Yeah, the word telos, which is an ancient Greek word that, mm -hmm. that says that there is, a, and the modern word tell, you know, how you're playing poker and somebody has a tell, uh, is the origin of that, and that means that there is within us some logos, some formula that will have its way. Like if I look at a, um, what is that thing again? A uh, not, walnut. Thumb and index walnut, finger. Walnut. Look carefully for the acorn. Inside of the <laughs> acorn, acorn, inside of the acorn, there is an oak tree, and the oak tree is the telos of the acorn. And so each human being has their personal telos. And the thing about it is, you're on your way. Is that the other way, way around? Is that the acorn is the telos of the oak tree to imply that it's around? Or is that a chicken and the egg thing? Um, chicken no, and the I'm egg serious. is the idea of cycles. That's no, no. what that means. No, no. Okay. Okay. So anyhow, that each of us has a personal telos that is revealed to us. Now, what we do about it, subject to free will, mm -hmm. is what we do about it. So, since I won't be running for the Senate in this lifetime, I'll do that in some other lifetime. But that's definitely within me. If you want to figure out a little bit about your personal telos, get a Scrabble set. Uh, take the letters from all of your names and see how many words you can make out of it. And make all those words into a sentence, and that will be your telos. 
there's a very logical, linear way to get to it. Yeah, that's but definitely you'll arrive way. there. Another yeah. way is to write down all the relationships you have in your life and look at your dynamic. Just like we were talking with Carol earlier and everybody mm -hmm. asking her, her advice is a telos or a, a, a clue yeah, that tell. she is not seeing this or recognizing it within herself or that it's time that she could recognize that. Exactly. I, I, I feel that there are really only two parts of us, the part of us that remembers everything and the part of us that has forgotten which is the physical part, and that the part of us that remembers everything leaves clues for us when it is appropriate for us to have those clues. And they're all around us. They're in our palms, mm -hmm. they're in our, the lines on our face, they're in the, the tarot cards or a divination tool, they're in the people you meet on the bus. And if it's any little thing that comes into your life is a clue, so look at it that way. I'm clued well, in, man. We also talked about leaving the world of excuse and just be honest and with yourself. And the reason why you didn't do that, mm -hmm. which is an excuse. You figured that out, right? And okay. slowing down and the path of the teacher and what mm -hmm. that is. There comes a That's time an important one. in your life where you are attracting things to tell you things and then, then you might step into you're attracting things because you're to be teaching these people. And well, you, you created this, now why? Yeah, and that's, that's the telos again. That's the whole mm -hmm. uh, figuring out the clue as to why this is. Because certainly there is no word accident, and having the word accident in your vocabulary is on purpose to distract you from the, there's the language we speak is systematically distracting. It's really rather remarkably well done. I mean, you would think the whole thing was engineered. The amount of words, like even the word if, will totally keep you from whatever that was you were going to do. And if you put what... Only if you let it. Yeah, if you put what in front of it, then you're... See, if I hear what if, then I've heard someone who is looking not to do it. Although if can be a very useful word to um, open up to different possibilities. To me, like saying, yes. if I do this allows me to go off on that tangent just, I don't think it's always something uh, disempowering. Although I do agree with you, there are times where what you're doing is throwing your decision away. Yeah, and, and more I than you would know. If I'm elected. Yes. Okay. Now you're guilty if I'm not elected, mm -hmm. and I'm not even running, so that's going to be rough. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I see. I could be trotting, jogging possibly, but definitely not running. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, just that whole unconscious mind and thing. And we definitely talk a lot about dreams. Oh, yeah, constantly. And um, how to really understand them and what they're telling you. And that it's not so, so Freudian-based about all of our repressed desires being crammed down in this little room fighting their way out. Sometimes. And that have gotten really mean and grumpy by this time. And so when they're unleashed, they're uncontrollable. That, that's not the case. Sometimes a cigar is a train going through a oh. tunnel. And, and we talk about psychic self-defense. And one thing that came to me the other day when I was just meditating on, on there are a lot of people teaching these uh, techniques of protection and all this. And Ooh. I heard in my mind that if you're teaching protection, you're teaching war yeah. because it is an engagement. And um, I found that that was so powerful. I started writing an article on it, which I'll probably put on my blog or something at some point. I know I haven't posted things in a while. but. Uh, That's the way it is with blogs. So if you are uh, engaging in defense, 
it's the same as offense. It's engaging in a war. So yeah, just yeah. step out. It's a very powerful step thing. Step out of good and bad, which mm -hmm. we've taught forever. The whole basis of Trinity thinking is giving up on the polarity of good and evil thinking because how many lifetimes has that taken away from you? And I want a number and I want it on my desk. I want it now. The duck is carrying a number right now. Yeah. So how many lifetimes have, have you spent with this endless battle between good and evil? And the answer is actually all of them up until right about, let us use the word, now. Okay. Do you have a question or you're just waving? Okay. We'll take your question as soon as this sacred and holy duck. Here come the duck. I get to see the duck coming at me. Usually it's behind me. This is our lovely dear Irene. Who is dangling the duck. Whose presence is wonderful. That's what I have. And, and presence is about being in the moment. It's like uh, what Joshua was saying about being at the base of your spine or whatever. It's mm -hmm. what do I have to do to get out of the mind and be in the present moment? And you can do it through many and assorted ways. Is Irene? What were okay. you seeing? I got inspiration, which is uh, based on a word that means causing the spirit to come in. Oh, I thought you were perspiring inwardly. That's more than likely a possible definition of that. Yeah. And then you would have in oh, the odorant, Oh, let's, let's take Kayan's uh, question. Oh, your question? Yes. Rick, can you, uh, yeah, we'll, it'll take a we second to get a, a microphone. We have a microphone. Do you mind talking on the microphone? Okay, okay. she's over here. It'd be like calling in, but without a cell phone. Yeah, so we don't have to do all that connect and connecting stuff. There you go. Okay. okay what's Hi. your question? There was an episode where you all had discussed vibrational energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I happen to be a person that can feel energies around me from people and just from rooms and everything. What can we do to filter out the energies that we don't want to welcome? Cause I, oh. I consider myself somewhat of a balanced person, but I notice that I get taken off balance by the people around me. That is an excellent question, and it is true, and that's something that a lot of people find no, as they dark. are becoming more dark, conscious, dark. because we really do vibrate at a faster rate as we Go become back. more conscious. And so we start seeing things that people that are vibrating lower don't see, and what happens is we start seeing the emissions or the thoughts and the vibrations that people emit, and we start confusing them with everyday perceptions in our body's reaction. Take, for instance, if somebody scattered driving down the road wanted to hit you with a Nerf bat, but not you, per they're just mad, I'm going to hit with Nerf bats, that we never would perceive it before we became more conscious. And so we would just drive on. He's not really got a Nerf bat in his hand, so I don't have to deal with that. As we start vibrating faster and we're getting up, vibrating more, we're hearing those t sorts of things on top of it. And so we're still reacting in the old way as if it's an immediate threat. And that's just one of many, many different explanations for that. And another And it's to see that, that yeah. you're just in a different frequency. And another very important aspect of what you're talking about is to recognize that you are bigger than it. Uh, and if it's affecting you, then you are languaging it as bigger than you. That's a good point. Too. If you are going, oh, a negative vibration, isn't that cute? Oh, that's so charming. Come here, come here, come here. You're the one giving this off, aren't you? Don't you do that again. Okay, Say now you run away, me. yeah. <laughs> now get out of here. That's like if someone cuts in front of you on the line, I use this example in the supermarket, they cut in front of you, and you say, hey, line's back there, okay? And then you beat yourself up about that, right? No, you don't beat yourself up about that because that Yahoo really could have 
had a different mother or a different father, or uh, he was a bully throughout school, you know that about it, and you know if you stand up to a bully, they'll become your friend. So you don't necessarily want to stand up to them <laughs> because they'll become your friend <laughs> because they never had anyone stand up to them. Yeah, so you, just that you're bigger than it, but there are some times where you have to just, for the benefit of humanity, say, look, I don't know how you managed to miss that when growing up, but that's the line. Since you're new here, you get on the end of the line. Well, I that's think that's simple. very important to speak yeah. that truth and everything. Mm -hmm. but, but also, it, it's a matter of, of, I look at everything as my teacher. And so when I go through stuff like that, I say, okay, what's that teaching me about my vibration? What do I need to learn? Because it's probably going to be very specific to each encounter. Like it might be showing you who Sometimes you are you by don't. showing you what you're not. Yeah. And like you, you know the letter E by seeing the white again in the background, it defines it. So there are lots of reasons. And I know we have a call. We have our call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Oh, it's Das. Ah, fooled you. No, wait, oh, what? hey. Hey. It's Das. We met him tonight Doss. in the Sunflower. Oh, right. Yes. Hi. How hey, are you? Good. good how good. are you? Well, we just, I, uh, I've got you on, and uh, I, I thought, uh, Mary, you can give me a reading. Sure. All I'd be right, happy to. Here we go. And one thing that we've talked about over the years is, if a reading applies to you, take it, even if it's not one directly to you. So everybody can use this reading. And I even do an exercise in my tarot class where we don't, everybody just extracts what they would get from the reading. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first card we get is the um, rebirth card. If you look at this, this really does represent us in school where, okay, time for lunch, time to go home, time to do your homework. And then we become the adolescent, we break free. We become the roaring lion and we create a place for us in this world for our family and everything. And then after a while, that is, is just, it's like, okay, I don't, I'm just don't want to go pushing and being that rat race person that, that's out it's there. Ambition maturity. and ooh, ambition is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And we can get to the same place without having that ambition. And I feel like that's something you've learned recently that you want a quality of life that has more peace in it, that has more of your personal introspection and power. And that involves releasing some of those burdens and those beliefs from the past, like, oh, my identity is such that I have to be out there always driving the boat, always bringing the big fish home and all that, and whatever that represents to you. And this card has come to really represent a lot of the beliefs that we get from our family and from our early life Which that we could be letting it go, the burden. Oh. And then where that's heading is the innocence and wisdom at the same time. The fool has that innocence, but has not yet gotten that wisdom. But then we go, come around that spiral up higher, and we have the innocence again, but with the wisdom. Sort of like what, what you're talking about, about becoming curious again in your life, and that you're opening up to a new phase of curiosity. And I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't really change profoundly what you do during the day that there's going to be opportunities. And I feel like there's writing around you, too. I don't know if you've ever thought to do writing. Mm -hmm. I might even be talking with a journalist. Yes, we're, so thank we're you. curious to know. Yes. <laughs> Daz, thank you for calling. We'd, we'd love to hear from you again. Call in any time you'd like. And uh, we have our next caller coming up. Hi, what's your name, please? Hi, my name's Bill. Bill, what hey. can we do for you? Hi, hey, I love you guys. Mary, I was hoping I could get a reading tonight. Oh, we love you, too. Thank you. And be most happy to. We could have done a two-hour special on this. Yeah, we'll do it again. Mm -hmm. We'll just do the 600th show again next week, too. <laughs> we create our reality. Okay, the first card is participation. And if you look up close, it looks like 
like four sets of hands. <clears throat> and so it means many hands make light work. The thing about participation is often it feels like we're out of control and that we are subjecting ourselves to other people. But yet, we can never really be cooperative with a group and, and not have to do everything ourselves if we don't let others. So it could be talking about just sometimes we may um, stub our toe and can't get up and go get that drink of water so that we open up to allow other people to do things for us. Just because it's important to have that balanced skill of giving and receiving. And the schizophrenia card just means caught between two things. Osho says everyone in the Western world is schizophrenic because wherever we are, we're thinking about where we're not. And, and it really is. It, we're never at one with ourselves as a result of that. And so this is about making a decision, sticking with it, and any opportunity from the other path will show up on that path for you. And the we are the world can talk about traveling. I don't know if you have a relative that's overseas, but it feels like somebody's coming from maybe Europe or Germany or something to see you. And if it's not literally a physical person, watch for some kind of opportunity coming from there. So thank you. Yeah, excellent. Anybody else in the audience have a question? Anybody have an answer and we'll compose the question? A reading? Okay, let's do a reading for the group here. Yeah. And, okay. Whoa, somebody asked if I ever dropped a card. And so I thought, no, but tonight's the first opportunity for me to do that. And I knew it was going to happen. Okay, the first card is the existence card. And this is about owning your own business. It's like you guys have all been promoted up to letting your life be more in your hands. She's out there in, in the world, her in the universe. And that if you don't get to that point, you'll always be searching for it, no matter what great thing may come up for you. And then the we are the world, which went sailing out towards you guys that we're all equal, but yet we're all completely unique. But look what happens when we all come together. It makes this beautiful rainbow, and it surrounds the earth with love, and reminds me of that song, Teach the World to Sing. And what that does is leads us to being in the moment, like we were talking about earlier, putting our attention at the base of our spine, or doing these certain meditations, whatever it takes to pull you in the moment, leaves you with your head gone, and it's just the lotus flower that lets you just take in what's really happening right now. If we could really focus in the moment, there are miracles that happen constantly right before your eyes. That we are definitely creating and co-creating, mm -hmm. absolutely. We we're gonna pan across the audience just a bit. To are see you guys okay it. with that? If are not, okay cover your, uh, let me get a black bar and pass it around for people's eyes. Okay, we're gonna yeah, pan good. across the audience. That'll work. Just the hair on the top works well. Can we do that? We only have a few moments left on the show, but... Um, we got to go through red tape to get that done. Which well, is just possibly, asking Rick to ask Donnie. That's our yeah. red tape. Now, we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays here in Fairfax Circle, if you'd like to join us. Uh, you're certainly welcome to come. And tonight's a particularly good opportunity to do that. And I really do feel completely blessed by all the people that have called in and are here tonight. Yeah. It's yeah. really lovely. We love it when people call in. I want to thank you very much for calling in. Okay. Uh, Wave, guys. Yeah. You're on TV. There we go. Say hi, Mom. <laughs> hi, Dad. Now, the pe people back there, are you going to be able to get the people back there? No. Radiate. Everyone in the back, <laughs> radiate. Show us your life. There you go. You can do this. Come on. Rick, there's a whole bunch back there. Maybe we could get camera three back over that way. Yeah. But uh, if you would like to be in the audience any time. Oh, 
You know what? You can ca can camera three go get the rest of the people back there? We turned the light on. No? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you'd like to be in the audience at any time, by all means, just come join us. Give us a